JM in the AM, you may recall just a month ago, and it's hard to believe it was just a month ago, we were in Dubai in the UAE, and uh, one of the many highlights of our journey was uh, reuniting with her by Dr. Elia Abadi, who now, of course, uh, serves in the UAE um, as rabbi and community leader. And um, there's an amazing story that he uh, tweeted about. Um, and there are articles written about it already uh, out there, including one in the Jerusalem Post, about how the UAE government was very helpful uh, in a very specific episode having to do with members of the Jewish community. Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi, who is driving around Dubai, I believe. Welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Thank you, Nachum. It was a pleasure to see you when you were here. It was a great uh, reunion that we had. It certainly was. It was wonderful. This story yeah, this story is pretty remarkable. On the 11th of January, just a couple of days ago, uh, Rabbi Elia Abadi, who's with us live via telephone of the Jewish Council of the Emirates in the UAE, thanked the government for helping to reunite two Jewish families after 21 years. The message was in Arabic, Hebrew, and English. The Emirates News Agency released, released new details about the UAE's fast response to the needs of the Jewish family. Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi, could you give us some background and tell us what this story was all about? Sure, of course. As you said, I'm driving in between a uh, <laughs> municipal slaughterhouse and uh, the milk uh, milk place <laughs> as we are trying to create kosher meat and kosher halav Israel. And so that's what I've been doing all these days. Wow. That's exactly what I'm doing at this moment. But Amazing. let me tell you about this story. Uh, maybe three weeks ago, I received a phone call from a uh, family of the family from Yemen that live in London. Uh, as my position as the senior rabbi, he contacted me wanting uh, to try to save his family and uh, redeem them from there as they're going through difficulty, danger to their life, given the, the military situation there and given that they are Jewish. And he told me to please, please, please uh, try to find a way in which uh, the UAE can, uh, can save them and can uh, take them out. Uh, I got all the, um, the papers, uh, the names, the location, and everything, and I contacted the, the right person, the government that I uh, was aware of, who uh, will be able to, to, to do such operation. And uh, he told me, let me take a look, see what I can do. In two, three days, he got back to me. He said, we are going to take this operation, and we will do it. Uh, and I would say less than a week after that, uh, I got a phone call. They are here in Abu Dhabi safe and sound, wow. and we're going to reunite them with their family. And this this story actually happened with a couple of families, right? There were two families uh, yes, involved. Yes, there were two families, the, correct. The, it happened with two families, correct. Is this, I mean, this may sound uh, overstating the obvious, but um, is it only because of this new relationship between the UAE and Israel and the UAE and the Jewish community, an enhanced relationship, I should say, because we know that there has been one for the last few years, uh, with the Jewish community that made this happen? Yeah. Well, I would like to believe that, no, that the government of the UAE is a benevolent government who is very much interested in saving lives and uh, Jewish or not Jewish. So this would be an operation that they would have undertaken no matter what. Certainly take this operation after the Abrahamic Accords gives it a, 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 a greater presence or greater significance probably. And, and uh, that's why. And, and is it challenging for them? I could only imagine when you're dealing with Yemen or any neighboring country in the Middle East, it's got to be a really sensitive issue when you're saying to them, essentially, 
we're willing to take the people uh, you know, out of the situation in your country and give them safe haven in our country. Was that a very sensitive negotiation? Well, uh, I don't know the exact details. There were pure negotiations, but there were also act- actual operations on the ground with, you know, boot, uh, boot people, so to speak. Right. Uh, and, of course, there was a complete blackout on those news uh, on anything. I mean, yeah. Nobody, I mean, there was only three people that, that knew about this. Uh, the family member who was told to be completely quiet, myself, and the government uh, uh, person in charge of that. Um, and so, uh, yes, it was not until they were already safe and sound in Abu Dhabi that uh, that the, the information came out. All right. Um, is it possible that now other Jews living in Yemen are going to start turning to countries like the UAE to help them in these sensitive situations? I am sure. I don't know if the people inside Yemen can do that, but certainly if they have family or people that they know about them outside Yemen, then they will inform us. And as part of, of my, my job as a rabbi here is not just uh, giving kosher certification, leading a synagogue and, and, uh, and you know, relations with, with everybody else, but it's also being at that moment in which it's necessary to save lives uh, to do and that's a lot of Yeah, that's so uh, that's that's part of my responsibility also in this region. Yeah, maybe the most important part of your responsibility. So the key is that if people are in countries like Yemen or anywhere where they think they're in a precarious situation, the key is they need family members or advocates that are in free countries like like the United Kingdom that you described earlier in order to advocate for them and in order to start the the process moving outside of Yemen. Right. Well, it's not a question of advocacy. It's a question of having to know about them, right. having to know that they are in, in a dire situation. Right. Uh, we don't have that information unless somebody brings that information to light to us. Yeah, so it's not a question of advocacy. It's just a question of giving us that knowledge that they need such help, that they need to be rescued. Then we could uh, go through the process and, uh, and do it. Yeah. I mean, you're right next door, so to speak. Uh, you know, right. to, to to countries that that are not the friendliest to members of the Jewish community, and frankly, countries that a lot of Jews probably want to leave. And obviously, I'm I'm thinking of Iran and places like that. I mean, I I don't know if there are any similarities. And as you're describing, this does seem to be an exceptional situation. What just happened in terms of uh, the the families from Yemen, uh, but there there could be other groups of Jews in other areas of the Middle East that are going to be turning to people like yourself and UAE leadership when they're when they know they can't turn to Israel because of the fractured relationship between certain countries and Israel they may they may actually turn to you to try to help save them yeah I am sure and I'm expecting that to happen but I'm also sure that the leadership of the UAE uh, they will look at case by case, and if they think that they can handle it and do it, they will gladly do it, I am sure. Right. Uh, they have to make sure also not to put anybody else in danger. If they know that they cannot do it for whatever reason, of course they will say, I'm sorry, we can't. But I am sure that if they have any possibility uh, to do it, they will do it no matter in which country uh, the people are. Rabbi Dr. Ali Abadi is with us. You may recall we spoke with him in, uh, in Dubai just a month ago face-to-face. Uh, during an amazing visit. You know, it's been just over a month since we were there, and the impression, at least on social media, is that the um, 
uh, the volume of kosher food availability, uh, the volume of the Jewish services in general has grown tremendously in the last few weeks. Is that just an impression one gets if you're thousands of miles away? Or there on the ground, you could definitively say that, in fact, that is a fact. Yeah, it has grown. It definitely has grown, but it needs to grow much more to be able to service the amount of, uh, of Jews that are here and the amount of uh, kosher-eating Jews here. But it has grown, still not enough, still not enough. How does Jewish tourism right now compare to a month ago? Because when we were there, uh, Hebrew was being yeah, spoken it, everywhere, and the volume, the number of Israelis that were there was astounding. Yeah, well, it has decreased significantly only because Israel demands now a 14-day quarantine or a 10-day quarantine for people coming from here. Right. And so many of those tourists canceled their, their trips here. They did not want to go back and wait for 14 days. Yet others have decided to stay here. To stay here indefinitely until uh, until hopefully uh, Israel is completely vaccinated and then they can go back. Unbelievable! How's the vaccination process going in the UAE? Very well. UAE is the second country worldwide with the highest vaccination per capita. Well, that we know that's a key. To they op- have vaccinated over ten percent of their population. Hmm. Interesting. And we know how key that is to opening up the border and uh, and and more freely welcoming in tourists from around the world. Obviously, um, Rabbi Doctor Ali Abadi uh, has has there been progress with your synagogue? If I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, you were just at the uh, at the completion stage to actually opening up the new synagogue. Am I right about that? Okay, we are right. Yeah, we're still uh, doing it at the at the hotel for now, uh, but we are in the process of uh, of looking for a permanent place and uh, looking to do it. And uh, we have the full support of uh, of the government. And uh, are you getting a nice crowd on Shabbat in the hotel? Yeah, we are. We are. We are. Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Have you have you decided on which language to give your sermon in? With all the languages you know. Well, I pepper it. I pepper it depending on who are our guests. I definitely say a few words in Arabic for respect to the country that's hosting us. Uh, Hebrew, of course, and depending if we have from Spanish-speaking countries or or uh, French-speaking countries, I pepper my uh, my sermons and my speeches with many of those expressions. Right. So, so, those so English is not a priority. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the natural one. Uh, only if the Americans are visiting, then you'd reconsider. Yeah. Uh, always yeah. a, a great story. I'm sure you're honored to be at the center of it, frankly, and that you were a conduit uh, for these families from Yemen to reunite with their family uh, from Europe. It must have been an amazing feeling. I am, yes, definitely, definitely. Tad- I had the food and the, and, and the merit to do so. Tadaraba to you and continued success and best regards to everybody in Dubai. Will do. Please come and visit us again. Bezrat Hashem. Believe you me, we want to. Rabbi Dr. Eli Abadi, everybody. He uh, leads the uh, Jewish community, Jewish Council of the Emirates in the UAE. And um, he thanked the government publicly, internationally, for helping to reunite two Jewish families after 21 years. The message was uh, distributed in Arabic, Hebrew, and English, all courtesy of him and his ability. And um, as you heard... It was a pretty secretive, clandestine negotiation, mission, call it whatever you want. But uh, in the end, um, a couple of Jewish families have left Yemen and have been reunited with family uh, from outside of Yemen, which is, uh, as we know these days, is certainly a good thing. 
JM in the AM, more coming up. You're listening to a Rosh Chodesh morning. Rosh Chodesh morning edition, uh, Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM at a quarter before 8 o'clock. <laughs> 